Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. Welcome to It Could Happen Here, a a podcast. Yep, I can say it. Uh, A podcast. That's what we're doing, and it's about it's about how things are kind of kind kind of falling apart sometimes, or at least it feels like it. And I don't know. Maybe we can do some things to help make it better, like what happened recently in terms of uh, forests. So hey, a good news episode. Whoa, rare. Rare, rare episode drop for us. Uh, we got some good news. So I'm going to be talking with uh, Sam, who was on a previous episode discussing a forest defense, about uh, an update on on all of the things that we were talking about a few weeks ago. Um, so yeah, I think we can we can pretty much get into it, and then then we'll talk about some other stuff around kind of forests in general. So. Hello, Sam. Thank, thank you for joining me again to talk about uh, trees, one of, one of our favorite topics. Hello. My pleasure. Always. So I think it was like a day or two after we dropped the episode or something, or I, th- I think it was actually, it was maybe, maybe even like right, like right before um, we got some extra, extra news about, uh, all, about the post, about the post fire logging um, near the Brightbush uh, watershed. Um, yeah. What happened there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild, actually. Uh, it was really serendipitous timing, too. Um, we, as I think we mentioned in the last podcast, we were awaiting the first hearing for the court case. Um, essentially, you know, we believed that the plan to log in that area for myriad reasons was not only unethical, but also illegal. Um, and so it was going to court and we were um, awaiting a hearing that happened um, on December 3rd, a Friday. And uh, typically the judge does not rule from the bench in these sorts of hearings. And so we did not expect a decision on that day. Um, but sure enough, the judge felt uh, strongly enough about this case and sure enough about her decision that she did rule from the bench and ruled in our favor. And so, yay, victories. Um, now we have um, a preliminary injunction in place, meaning that no logging can happen there, um, at least until this 
timber sale has its real day in court or until the Forest Service just drops this shenanigan entirely, which hopefully they they will do. But we'll see. Yeah. So they they uh, they blocked they blocked the post fire logging and the uh, the and the uh, basically start start starting to clear cut these areas without without actual like public input and without actually going through the the process as flawed as the process may be they were just skipping it entirely so that that was um that was that was blocked by this uh by by this legal case um what was i guess yeah what well, what was what was the uh what what was the, what what was the reaction like in 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 the room and in the various signal chats when <laughs> when this when this happened yeah, in the ether spheres. Um, the reaction was super awesome. I mean, so many people love this place. And that was kind of the whole point of what we were trying to do when we did the direct action out there a number of yeah. weeks ago was just demonstrate how many people love this place and how the Forest Service wasn't going to get away with what they were planning to do. Um, because people, as we promised, would be back if they tried to log it and move forward with that logging, which, as you pointed out, and as we said last time, was super sketchy, not only because it was a terrible plan that they were planning to do um, in this beloved forest, but also because it was behind locked gates that the public yeah. wasn't allowed into. And so um, it was just this you know, travesty that was about to happen. And when we found out um, and when we heard the judge's incredibly strong ruling, um, we you know, were absolutely overjoyed. Um, the news spread you know, like wildfire, excuse the pun, hey. had to do it, had to do it. <laughs> Um, and just, you know, all the signal threads were popping. People were putting it on Twitter. People were reposting the sexy photos of the blockade with the giant slash pile and the fire truck and the band on top of the fire truck. And I just wish that we all could have hung out again and had another dance party because it was the best. That does sound incredibly, incredibly rad. Um, was, was like your, I, this, this, this is something I don't, I don't, don't actually know. But also, like, was like the documentation that was taking place by by going to these places and showing, hey, this is where they're cutting. Was that brought up in the court case in terms of like, hey, this is we actually went and saw what's actually happening. So it was was that type of evidence uh, used, and did it in your mind like um um uh, 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 kind of be a small part of like the result of the ruling? Yeah, it definitely was, and that is such an important point. And I really hope that everyone who's listening can just like. Put that in their minds for later, how important it is for people to be um, field surveying, or sometimes we call it ground truthing, um, these places and actually collecting documentation, photographic evidence. Um, a lot of folks do kind of like what we call community surveying and collect um, some site specific um, kind of like uh, community science sort of stuff. Um, but all of that was used in court and it was super awesome. Um, I actually was one of the standing declarants. So I got to submit a lot of evidence from my many years of traveling that place. Um, and that all of that was referenced in court. So, so, so important. Um, even, you know, when the Forest Service is essentially trying to kick everyone out and keep everyone out of these places, really important to go um, and see them anyways. Um, obviously, you know, everyone needs to consider how they do that and their own security and safety. Um, and it's becoming difficult, um, but certainly putting eyes on threatened places is one of the best tools we have to save them. Yeah, and I just think that's really Im important to really focus on that as like a thing, because like yeah, stuff that people did actually had an impact on this not happening right now. Um, and yeah, but like by going out there and documenting and then talking about it, um, it has like an actual like causal relation which is very hard to it's it, it's hard to get direct causal uh stuff to happen in like the general umbrella of activism um and it's i think it's it's just really exciting that uh that that this happened um yeah that's so true it does feel in the general umbrella of activism really hard to point to things that we do that are actually making an effect and this is totally one of them i mean when, uh, if and when this case does um, have its day in court, um, you know, outside of the preliminary injunction itself, um, I am sure that so much of that evidence from um, all the folks who've been traveling there um, and documenting it will be used. We documented, you know, so many green living trees in places the Forest Service said were dead. Um, you know, so many like unused roads in places the Forest Service said they needed to log alongside these roads because they're so trafficked and they're posing a safety yeah. hazard. And so it's basically like, you know, 
the best way to expose their gaslighting and lies is to just go document what's there. Yeah, because a, a big part of their ability to do this is utilizing deception in terms of like and and and, and utilizing like non-information. Like they're just not talking about the stuff that's actually happening, or they're doing like white lies to make it sound better. So they're just they're they're lying about the type of like um uh, the, the type of sales that they're doing with these with these trees and like how they're classifying the trees that they're logging to like get it past all of the loopholes but they're not actually like that's not actually reality they're just changing the terms to make it fit what they want so like as as soon as you start looking into this stuff it gets all good it gets very sketchy because it is it, it they're just lying about a lot of this stuff so like if, if you're like listening and be like oh you know, be, these people just love trees. I'm like, yes, we, we do love trees. But, like, the actual thing that's going on is, like, they're lying about the types of damage that's being done. They're lying about what areas this is happening in, all to just rack up more timber sales. Like, that, that, is, that, that, is, that is what's actually happening. Um, and so- that's so, so important to say, like, loudly and clearly, because the Forest Service and other management agencies are experts in making the public feel dumb and yes. wrong and misinformed and right now even we sound a little wing nutty being like yeah absolutely service you know like let us be clear a federal judge agrees with us yeah yeah and, that is you know, right <laughs> you know like we're not the ones who are wrong here and i think you're totally right you know they're using a mixture of blatant lies um but also euphemisms like we yeah. no one's they don't they don't use the word clear cut anymore they're using all of these euphemisms you know regeneration harvest i shit you not is and, a and real a, term a, a lot of and a lot of the stuff that they're deciding to do is like not open to the public you need to do like FOIA requests to 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 actually learn what they're doing because they don't talk about it like it is all it is all extremely sketchy and yeah like the fact that like a federal a federal judge agreed with like green activists is not a sentence you hear often so like it's like yeah like no this is actually a thing and it's, it's important to remember like you are not immune to propaganda like all a lot of this stuff is uh is has p- people who want a lot of money are vested in making people believe things about 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 like force management and all this kind of stuff um yeah, I know it, it may it may sound crazy when we're talking about you know the secret Illuminati of the Forest Service, but like no, like it act like it it's it is a it is a governmental organization. All governmental organizations are kind of sketchy, especially when their sole purpose is to well one of their purposes is to make money or assist in like sales of something. Like yeah, it's it's gonna have some sketchy stuff. Um, Absolutely, and also you know in the realm of just like the propaganda machine, um, we you know just the other day. Um, a hilarious response piece um, came out from the timber industry, an organization called Federal Forest Resource Coalition, which is just a coalition of loggers, um, yeah. put out this hilarious little mini video responding directly to the line that we've been using in forest events, which is worth more standing. Our forests are worth more standing. And they put out a hilarious response that is essentially, you know, pushing this timber sale, uh, this logging propaganda saying, well, actually, our forests aren't worth anything standing after they've been burned and they're contributing to the climate crisis and they're yeah. destructive, and, you know, and all these things. And so Totally. I mean, even people who see it with their eyes can be convinced by these voices that they're wrong because they're so good, so good at making us feel just like we're the wrong ones. But we're not. We got this. Yeah. And in terms of like this, the secretive kind of decision making and stuff behind the scenes in terms of like uh, the, the types of like terms they're using to to, you know, do like restoration thinning. Um, and all this stuff around around trying to like basically just just take as many trees from the bright uh, British watershed as they can. I know the the, the judge said that uh, uh, she was quote disappointed in the agency uh, for for all of their silly behind the scenes trench coat meet in a dark alleyway to pass off information type of thing. Um, which is right. yeah, like so. What 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 is what is some of the other kind of um stuff that the forest service and the related organizations were trying to were trying to hide like what like what 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 was the stuff that like came out um via this legal process that was like yeah like what what's what's the, what's a few of the actual things that they were that they were trying to do that eventually like came to light mhm the major thing is that they were trying to get away with changing the logging contracts 
without doing any additional environmental analysis or public engagement process. Yeah. And so there were before the 2020 fires, there were there was a plan to do what they what we had fought them so hard to get them to agree to do, which was not log a bunch of these this older stands, protect tree. They had a diameter limit on trees that they were going to log. So we basically like slapped their hands off of all of these trees. And finally, we're like, OK, we won't sue you if you move forward with the plan as stated. And it had very strong sideboards. And, you know, even local folks were like, OK, go do this. And then the fires came through. And so what they were trying to do was just change the plans. They turned it all into clear cuts in the forest that we slapped their hands off of. And they were trying to argue that they didn't need to do any an, an additional analysis and they didn't need to engage the public. And even in court, you know, that's what they were arguing. Um, they, were, they were doing some stupid magic math and, you know, somersaults um, to try and explain how they had already done an analysis uh, that accounted somehow for the fires that no one could have ever predicted. That was before it actually happened. Yeah. No, yeah. That was, so that the was... judge was like, just, you know, she was just roundly like, y'all couldn't have predicted. I like to give her, you know, Southern accent. Y'all <laughs> couldn't have predicted. <laughs> judge Aiken, from the South, no. Uh, you couldn't have predicted, uh, you know, that the fires were going to burn through. And so there's no way you could have done analysis for fire that you didn't know was going to happen here, you silly little beasts. But she yeah. did talk to them you know, as if they were just naughty little children, which I loved to hear, you know, the disappointed in the forest service was a major move. And I think the other one that came up is just, you know, the forest service was arguing that they needed quote need to do this logging, um, for restoration, for economic recovery, um, and to prevent future wildfires from severely burning in the area, all of that too. BS. Like one thing that the, the judge said that was super strong, um, was that she sees, and obviously I'm paraphrasing here, um, but she she sees that the community loves this place. It's obvious that this is like a beloved place. And she, you know, essentially understands that the forest is worth more standing. She said that she wanted, she thinks that the forest needs an opportunity to recover from the fires. And so basically just called the BS on the Forest Service for their hilarious, you know, justifications for logging all the we're going to save the forest by logging it is just not, it's not right. Not accurate. And the judge agrees. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, very excited about, about this ruling and what it means for the future. And at least, at least, at least postponing this until, um, if, if, if the, if, if the lawsuit is going, going to go through or if, or if they're just going to drop this, which they also very well may be, they might decide to focus on Another part that they just, that they just don't tell anybody about and start doing it there, and then you know we'll we'll start we'll start this again. But uh, for this particular area, um, that is it is very exciting, and yeah, it is it is rare for a federal judge to agree with uh, people on this topic. Um, now I, I want to talk about a few other kind of stuff around like forests um, and how and how these kind of types of things work. I I did get an interesting comment which I totally agree with. In terms of like how propaganda works in this department, um, and how like uh, how like logging towns operate, or how like towns became logging towns, how like they're basically able to convince local populations that logging is is like good because like yeah like they're they're gonna they're gonna move into this town they're gonna restore the town because they're gonna bring in new money through like a logging industry. Um, and yeah, this is a very like very like a, a, a typical move, whether it be for like you know coal mining, whether that be for pipelines. In terms of like big companies going into small towns to be like, hey, we can promise you economic growth if you can like assist in this you know extractive process, and they'll be able to convince them with you know misleading statistics and, and you know all, all that kind of stuff. In terms of logging industry, is getting getting really good at radicalizing rural populations to have them believe that. It's one not it's it's not like economically destructive to take down trees. They might even say it's like good, um, and all all that kind of stuff. Has has have has there been like any outreach in terms of kind of addressing addressing people in small towns who like maybe used to like you know rely on on logging or something? And how does how does that work? Because I know like they'll be like, oh, but you people come from the city, and now you're coming out here into like the woods where I live, and I think this is good that they're chopping down these trees, right? There's 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 like that kind of that that kind of disconnection because again, no one no one's immune to propaganda. You you just you just just have to find the specific one. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious about like in terms of in terms of like forest defense, how often this comes up and how and how you kind of kind of 
I don't know. What's what steps to make to to be like to, to tell people, hey, maybe you're believe these things because timber industries told you them. Like how yeah. how 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 do you start that conversation with people? Yeah, this is like actually the heart of the forest defense work ahead. What you're talking about right now, the heart of our work ahead. Um, and I would also say, you know, there is a there's certainly um, a dichotomy that the media especially likes to present between yeah. the rural uh, logging communities and, you know, Portland or city-based environmentalists. The, and the hippie that, environmentalists who like come in and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's familiar with that. And there's, of course, some truth um, to that. But I want to say like super clearly, there are so many rural folks who do not yeah. support the logging industry. And so that's like a false dichotomy that gets presented to us right off the bat. And a lot of those, you know, for in the in um, the work that I've been doing on forest uh, forest defense, essentially, we're always connecting with folks on the ground in, the, in literally the backyards of these logging proposals. And many of them are super uninterested in having their backyards clear cut. And so we, you know, the we we push directly against that mythology that you know it's just environmentalists coming in from Portland because we work directly with people, including for Brighton Bush, but with every single thing that we work on, directly with people who are literally on the front lines of that logging. That said, there is absolutely um, a huge pull. Um, you know, Oregon specifically is you know famous for logging, like we talked yeah. about last time. There's a logger on top of the Capitol. Um, you know, our the mayor of Portland the is mayor from logging money. Yeah. It's in Oregon's Oregonians blood. It, it, it and, is it is baked in heavily. Yeah, and for rural Oregonians, um, there are economic realities where, in some cases, some counties uh, benefit from um, logging in but, their totally from the yeah. logging industry. Their school, you know, schools are tied to logging money, um, and there's you know, in a lot of ways, a narrative that um, is not really accurate anymore, but has like an element of nostalgia to it, like you know, logging towns and. Um, this old story about how things yeah. used to work with small, small family logging, that's not how it is anymore. But that narrative, that like nostalgic narrative yeah. carries on into a lot of communities. And so what I, the way that I like to cut through that um, for people is by making it really clear that there is a difference between small, you know, family loggers of lore um, and, and, you know, of, you know, people's what people are attached to. And the kinds of what we're seeing today is we're looking at Wall Street logging. We're looking at Wall Street invested, um, invested huge, you know, corporate industries um, who owned, who who still own like, you know, per huge percentages of our drinking watersheds, of our um, communities. Some, some of the communities on the coast are owned primarily by private industrial Wall Street funded um, logging corporations. And that's, you know, those aren't mom and pop. They're not living in the community. They're living often not even on the Pacific Northwest. These are rich ass assholes who are destroying our bioregion. And, you know, I think that making it clear that those aren't, those folks are not like us, you know, those are not like rural Oregonians. You're, those are not your friends. Those are not, you know, your pals or your neighbors. And just cutting through that narrative that like, oh, you know, logging communities, um, you know, loggers are your friendly neighbor. Actually, no, loggers are Wall Street, um, you know, investment corporations, rich, moneyed people who are doing this destruction and just kind of like breaking that, I guess, like that, um, that attachment that people have to this idea that's just not a reality anymore. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You're probably careful with your personal information, but what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed, or your money back. With plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 40%. Terms apply. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. The reality is that people who are for logging in rural communities are, they have a lot more common with those of us who are fighting logging than the actual people doing the logging, if that makes sense. Like there's a lack of understanding of what the logging industry actually is. It's like back to that nostalgia, like people who are against logging in rural communities, um, you know, often genuinely do not realize that this is Wall Street and like who's doing this logging. They're still thinking it's their, you know, neighbor or their friend. And it's, yeah. you know, these stories. But, you know, the reality is that, you know, this is corporate timber owners who are maximizing their financial gain by buying out small landowners all over the place, um, ensuring that they aren't taxed by lobbying heavily in the government. So they don't, you know, have any sort of taxation that then goes back to benefit our communities. Don't even get me started about how many taxes the timber industry skips out on that could actually benefit our communities and our schools and our libraries and our fire departments, but aren't. Um, and then they're adopting exploitative labor practices. Basically, you know, the contracted workers who are in the logging industry right now, who are doing the logging and hauling um, and, and reforestation, so-called reforestation, planting of monocrop plantations, they are experiencing flat wages and declining work quality conditions. Um, meanwhile, while the corporate timber forms are expanding their profits um, and, you know, getting more wealthy investors. So that is the reality of the timber industry. These are not, you know, your friendly neighborhood loggers anymore. So a few other points I wanted to bring up kind of on force itself. Someone, someone said something about how we talked about like old growth and 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 i guess th they think that we said that all forest in this area is old growth and that's not something we actually said old growth is is a specific term that means a specific thing and yeah regardless of it being old growth or not they still shouldn't be cut down i don't so i'm not sure why this point was really raised because we didn't i i, I did, did I, I don't think we did uh say that every that every tree in there is 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 old growth 
Um, oh, oh, a lot of them were planted in the past few hundred years. Um, but that that doesn't mean like they're like much less important. It's like just because they're not old growth doesn't mean we shouldn't be preserving this particular watershed in this particular environment and not be clear cutting all of it. Um, yeah, old growth is like a fetish. Like the term old growth is just like become fetishized to me in this like this thing that, you know, there's also, let's be clear, there's not an agreement on what old growth actually means across the board, even between agencies. Like there's an arbitrary date cutoff that the federal government uses to define old growth. Um, but obviously if you walk into a forest stand, there's a healthy, you know, a healthy old growth stand is uh, complex in terms of age diversity. There's going to be old growth individual trees. There's going to be a lot of younger trees. There's going to be horizontal and vertical diversification. Like old growth is complicated. It's messy. But the whole point is like, it, you're right. Like it doesn't actually matter if it's like, quote, in the the, the small narrow category of what the forest service would define as old growth. If it's a forest that's been around for, you know, hundred years, or even, you know, I would argue if it's a forest that's over like 70 or 80 years old, what are we doing cutting that down? Um, that forest, Especially now. Yeah. Especially now, you know, that's storing so much carbon safely in the ground. And also by that age, it's had the opportunity, you know, to, to become more diverse than these like monocrop plantations that we're seeing younger forests. So I would argue any forest that's not a monocrop plantation, a young monocrop plantation should absolutely not be clear cut. It's just an inappropriate activity to do in native forests. And, and spe speaking of a clear cut, there was another uh, another uh, comment was about how clear cutting can sometimes be good because it creates new environments for other animals and living things to exist in. And I find this to be a really weird comment to make. Um, I don't I don't quite understand this this like, kind of idea because. Yes, of of course, if you cut down a forest, you are creating a new environment, but that's not where that environment should be, nor is it where it is. It's like if you if you erect a whole bunch of concrete skyscrapers where a forest used to be, yeah, you're also making a new environment. But I would say we probably shouldn't do that though. I I don't that's not that's not a good thing. S same thing with like the people obsessed with like putting solar panels in the desert. Like the desert's an actual like environment. Like it, it has in there is reasons for why deserts need to exist and that have its whole uh, like a, a a whole uh, like a whole a whole environment and a whole um I I I I I forget the word, but like it has an entire system of living things that exist there that should um we we don't need to terraform everything. I don't think that's like I don't. We shouldn't. I think preserving the environment in general, preserving the environments that are existing and who are creating like ecosystems, is a good thing. I think that generally the less terraforming, probably probably the better. At least right now, when we're dealing <laughs> with a massive like looming climate crisis that's caused by us terraforming the earth, um, maybe we should not do that as much. <laughs> Yeah, we could call that a general rule. Like, no more terraforming, y'all. Just leave it. Let's just let's just leave pause. It. Let's leave pause it. for a bit. We just address <laughs> yeah. some other things. But for real, though, whoever wrote that comment, I mean, that is a timber industry talking point that yeah, I hear all yeah, the time. Right? It's literally that is literally, and and whether they meant it or not, you know, this is how the timber industry gets us. They're real good at this. This is their, you know, nice sounding talking points that we rebut all the time. Um, you know, not just in media, but also in court. Um, and the talking point is clear cuts mimic natural disasters like severe fires by replacing, you know, but and it's they, part they, of the they process. They totally don't. They don't. It, it does so not, go look it, at a clear yeah. cut, go look at a fire. It's a completely different experience. And I could go down that rabbit hole all day on fire ecology another time, maybe. But suffice it to say, you know, what they're arguing is that they're creating young forest or quote, early seral habitat by clear cutting an old forest. But what they're actually doing is deforestation. They're replacing an old forest with something that's not a forest. A yeah. young monocrop plantation is a crop. It is not a forest. And so they are deforesting and um, it is ecosystem. It is ecocide. And um, yeah, yeah. It, is, it, is. It, it is, it is, it, it is ecocide. And I think, yeah, the, the, insistence that like it's it's good because it will allow some species to exist in this new environment like yeah but there's other environments where they can't exist and we don't we don't need to be destroying the ones that are already kind of important and doing good stuff to make room for other ones that aren't already there um, and they argue that the deer and the butterflies love the clear cuts and so just call that out as bullshit next time y'all hear that it's you know spread the word 
That is some timber industry BS. They're tricksy, but don't let them get you. And the, 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 the last thing I wanted to mention is why blocking off access to these areas is bad. Because um, I got uh, someone, someone said something like, um, you know, because 90, 95% of uh, fires are human caused, closing off public lands is it can be good because then fires won't get started in those areas. And this really un- this, this misunderstands why fires get started and also is just a bad thing to do anyway because like fire if if you look at like the map of where wildfires start um almost all of them are on the path of highways um specifically in california that when when the fires were really bad in 2020 there was this there was this firefighter who who made a great video about like why the fire line was all next to the highway and there was like conspiracy theories of like Including like Antifa's driving down highways and setting the forest on fire, which was which was an actual popular talking point because we live in the hell world. Um, but like you know, he's explaining like the reason why like they are like human caused, but they're not like a lot of them aren't intentionally caused. It's because that's where power lines run, and this is where a lot of uh, sparks can ignite stuff on the edges of of uh, of highways that will then take out a part of the forest. Now, every once in a while, there is a gender reveal party that goes horribly <laughs> wrong and does and, and does ignite it. That is true, and I think the solution to that is not closing down the forest. It's not having gender reveal parties. That, yeah, that is how about solution. we don't do how that either? We stop selling uh, uh, on Amazon. I mean, I'm all for Tannerite as an idea. But how about let's stop selling uh, blue and pink Tannerite packets to people who don't know how to use explosives? To rich uh, like, assholes well, who genuinely don't know about because fire. yeah, like they're yeah. not they're not actually using Tannerite for what it's meant for, and they're not using it to, to do like like training. Um, they're using it to say that they're having a baby, and this has caused a lot of wildfire death. So how yeah. how about we just stop selling uh, the gender reveal party bombs? And I think that'd be a better solution than closing down massive swaths of public land. Um, and how about our power line companies get their shit together and stop? Yeah. Uh, do actually have a plan for planned power shutoffs. And actually, you know, we know now actually Pacific Corp is in court right now because they started the Santiam fires. Their power line started the Santiam fires and the Archie Creek fires and probably more. And so, yeah, how about yeah. the power line companies get their shit together? But I feel like the other huge thing here is that, you know, the suggestion that we should close off these forests to the public to me is just like m- more, uh, you know, it's, you know, blatantly it's racist. Um, and it's, you know, I think it's wrong because these lands these belong to indigenous people. We should be giving these lands back to indigenous people. And, yeah. you know, when we're talking about like rural communities too, and a just transition, like rural community members should actually have more say in what happens in their backyard forests. should be able to be more engaged um, in, you know, the forests that literally provide them with their drinking water um, and, you know, all of the things that they need um, to survive. So I, we should not be, you know, locking off these lands and keeping humans out. Humans have a place in these lands, have always had a place and a role in these lands. And um, if we take leadership from the right folks, then we could totally live in a much more reasonable way than the gender reveal party path. Yeah, and like, I don't know if you know this, but like, being in the forest is great. It's like, (laughs) it is great to be surrounded by giant trees. It makes you feel awesome. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Last thing I want to talk about is um, you, you mentioned before, like getting people who live in these rural areas who used to rely on logging, getting them more involved and in doing a just transition. Because this is a topic that comes out that comes up on climate change like everywhere in terms of like, you know, like d- countries that are still developing, not being able to have access to the same amount of fossil fuels that countries like the states you know, had when they when when they were developing, and like, how is that fair, right? This this is like this is a very common thing of in terms of countries that are better off. Um, need will you know have kind of kind of like a duty to assist assist uh, countries that are trying to develop and trying to get better standards of living, um, because we profited off of fossil fuels, and now they won't have the same opportunity if we're trying to you know get to a carbon neutral world. Um, so in terms of like a just, a just transition, this is something like, you know, at COP26, there was supposed to be funding for adaptation efforts in, in developing countries. Now that failed because of course it did because it's COP26. But in terms of like, in terms of like this, this idea of a just transition, how do you see this like locally in the rural environment within the States and for, for like these types of areas? Because like, yeah, because it's similar to like coal mining, the towns, similar to, you know, logging towns. How how does how how do you see this working? Yeah, this is something I think about so much. Um, and we actually put out um, a platform called a Green New Deal for our forests in the Pacific Northwest that talks like all about what a just transition could look like for communities. But I mean, this is a dream, and I think it's like a really inspiring uh, inspiring path forward because what it means is that you know we're not saying to end logging, and we're not saying that rural communities um, basically need to like stop existing and getting funding from logging. What we're saying is that rural community members, we, what we, that nostalgic dream that are, that people are clinging to, we actually want to have something in that regard. We would like people to, you know, engage with and interact with their local forests. Now that shouldn't look like clear cutting them because um, that's irresponsible and that doesn't benefit local communities or, you know, a benefit a future, but that could look like restoring these young monocrop plantations into complex healthy forests. It could be look like bringing fire back onto the landscape with prescribed fire and cultural burning, taking lessons from indigenous folks who are doing that work. Um, It could look like education and recreation and so many things of like, you know, hands-on engagement with backyard forests that surround us. Um, And, you know, that, that could look like basically firing the Freddies and uh, taking this land and giving it to local communities with, um, you know, the, with, with conservation goals, but also goals to economically support via all of those ways, you know, jobs, but also jobs and recreation, um, economically support local communities. So basically giving the land back to the local communities who rely on them and giving them power and control um, to care for them in ways that make sense. Because right now, Wall Street's caring for our forests, and really, it should be us. And I think one other thing on this topic for like how how well propaganda works 
when I was um, at the Stopline 3 uh, purchase camps last summer, in terms of like how do corporations get towns to start supporting these ideas and how do they like foster this hatred of environmentalism? Um, despite you know these areas often being the worst impact one of the worst impacted ones by these like effort efforts right uh you know you're they're chopping down forests near where this town is pipeline is going next to the town if it leaks it's going to cause all this problem to like their water supply and stuff but like how they do it, it's like the day of the direct action to block off the pipeline Enbridge was sponsoring like a town fair in like the little downtown area and it's like this super surreal moment of being like Oh, this is like I've read this happen in like comics before. Like this, this is like this is like one of Lex Luthor's favorite things to do. Is <laughs> he'll like he'll like go into this like small town who's gonna start like this evil you know evil like a uh, uh, like lab at, and he'll like fund like this small town event thing. And like I've mm-hmm. like seen this before in so many superhero comics. Like I've seen this trope, and now I'm just like living it. You're just like watching it happen. You're like driving past the town to go. Uh, block a pipeline and then you see like Enbridge with like a little stage and like a little like fair <laughs> and like everyone in the town's like dancing and they're giving out like free drinks and like oh no <laughs> like this is hearts like, and minds baby yeah like you're you're like living the thing so like you know a lot of it's about like this idea of like rein like reinvigorating like like you know like the 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 like the the, the spirit of the town and injecting injecting new life into it so like you know this this is like a new one for like they're they're putting a pipeline down but like you know it's the same thing for like you know old like old coal towns old old logging towns where these corporations will come in you know make the town more active again start putting on events make it feel like more of a place and then that that gets so the company gets associated with positive changes right so then people who live in the town is like oh yeah Enbridge is doing all these good things for my town that must mean they actually you know are gonna care about us here and and help and help us out meanwhile these people from all around the country are driving through and trying to block the pipeline and the police are driving everywhere now it's all this chaos right these stupid environmentalists they don't understand how this is gonna you know it's it's we're creating so many jobs here which they actually didn't Enbridge outsourced most of the jobs out of state but they lied about the type of job creation you know all all all, all this type of stuff and this is a very a very common thing totally um, and like timber everywhere. unity is like delivering uh wood to people when the when the snowstorm happened and everyone was cold and didn't have power and they were you know going door to door with mutual aid support um, but that is why, you know, a remember how like, everyone should remember how, how tricksy and how dishonest these folks are, but also b why, um, those of us who want to see a different way need to be doing mutual aid too. Like we actually need to be out there in our communities and making friends and building trust and not just showing up to fuck shit up when it's time to fuck shit up. And I think that kind of like circles back to the point we talked about earlier, which is like, Building relationships with people on the front lines um, looks like so much more than just like the defense of a bad thing in their backyards. It looks like, you know, mutual aid um, because the industry is doing it um, and they're they're good at it and we need to be better. Um, I think that wraps it up for us today. I guess what, what, one thing I want to mention is like what what is going to happen going forward now after this after this legal victory? What's kind of. Just so, just 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 so people know, like what is like the next steps that are going to be taken on the legal process that will kind of determine what what happens um, with like you know direct actions and going to see the forest in like in the future. Yeah. Um, well, basically, we're waiting um, for a date for this court case, um, and so that will hopefully be scheduled if it, if it ends up having to go through, which it might not. Um, obviously, there's going to be an effort made on behalf of lawyers. Um, to try and get the Forest Service to just stop, to just drop this shenanigan um, and walk away um, while they're, you know, where they're at. Um, because we we do think we have a really strong case um, that will win in court if it goes to court. So that's kind of like the legal avenue. Um, same story as what I said before, the last time we talked, you know, if, if logging is going to move forward in that area, whether that be because um, it happens in the future or because somehow this legal case is lost, Direct action will happen. People will be out there in the way of logging. There's no way people are going to let that go down in the Brighton Bush community. Um, so right now we're kind of in a waiting game. We're watching and waiting. Um, but you know, I hope the Forest Service knows now that they can't just get a, get away with stuff like this. People are watching. Um, people are going to file public records requests. We're documenting this, and um, hopefully, you know, we won't be seeing more of this. But because we live in the real world, the real sad world. 
we will be seeing more of this. And so, um, you know, we'll be out there again when the next forest is on the chopping block, which is probably going to be, you know, today, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of always the thing. Um, well, yeah. thank, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this and the uh, rare, rare good news episode of, hey, something good happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, uh, any other sources people can kind of uh, to follow along on the fight uh, that the people can find online? Yeah, make sure to um, follow Cascadia Forest Defenders and Portland Rising Tide, um, who will be definitely tracking and posting. You can also follow Cascadia Wildlands, who um, was the lead nonprofit on the lawsuit, and they've been posting about it, too. Great. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, go see a tree. Touch tree. <laughs> It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas, and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at high5casino.com. High Five Casino. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails done. Outfit stunner. And my skin I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.